Well, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, everyone, for coming to Restore 22. Um, we are so glad you're here. Uh, as a setup team, as a core team, we work really hard to um, get everything together and to get everything ready for you so we can come worship God together. So it really warms all of our hearts, uh, our core team, uh, to see people here together, especially uh, what he just we just saying, all tongues, tribes, and nations. Um, that's the vision for this church, is to be a church that's multicultural, multi-generational, and uh, really uh, living out this life with Jesus. If we haven't yet met, my name is Lita. I just want to say Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, just raise your hand real quick. Who made a New Year's resolution? I'm just curious. Who made one? A couple people did. Yeah, not so many people. Uh, I've made one to lose some weight. Um, according to the scale at the gym, already I've lost $300. <laughs> I'm trying to eat more tofu. And tofu, um, if you didn't know, represents, it's an acronym actually, tofu. It's an acronym for tried to fool you. That's what it means. Personally, my New Year's goal is to get to my original weight of 8 pounds and 6 ounces. Trying to get that newborn swag, you know. People are always asking, how are you Asians so skinny? I just say, just do what we do. Eat with chopsticks. You can't pick anything up with those things. Yeah, don't worry. It's getting only going to get worse from here, so. <laughs> One more? No, I'm done. I'm done. I only got so much in, 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 the, in the ammo. Uh, today we're going to talk about begin again uh, because it's a new year and we are going to look at 2 Corinthians. So if you have a phone or if you have a device, you can follow along there. We're going to throw up this uh, message on the screen here, the scripture on the screen. Uh, for begin again. So just follow along with me as I read this, 2 Corinthians 4:16 uh, to 18. Uh, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Father, I pray right now that you'd give us eyes for the unseen, as crazy, as ludicrous as that sounds. I pray that through your word, we would have eyes that see things that no one else will see, things that are eternal, things that are not visible to the human eye, but only visible to the supernatural, only visible to the human heart, to the human soul. So would you do that, Lord? Would you do something in our hearts and our spirits? Otherwise, this is a waste of time. This is just a social club. And we want more than that. We want you to touch our hearts and the depths of our souls. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So verse 16 starts with, so we do not lose heart. The very first verse here is, um, a, a nice um, opening because, just to explain, Paul, he's this guy from the Bible. He wrote, he wrote a lot of the Bible. Paul is a guy who goes from hating and killing disciples of Jesus to making disciples of Jesus. He's preaching the gospel and planting churches, and because of this, he faces what 2 Corinthians 6 says. He's facing beating. He's facing imprisonment. He faces sleepless nights and hunger. 
and he writes a letter to a church in Corinth that he planted to encourage these other Christians to continue in their faith. He says, hey, my outer self is wasting away. Just like some people, we feel 2020 bring us a new year. We're wasting away another year. Oh, it's wasting away. My, my knees, my back is wasting away. But we do not lose heart. Why is that? Why can we not lose heart? It's because in the second half of the verse, it says, actually you can stay there, Peter, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So our hope for happiness isn't in the outward scene. Our hope isn't in Botox. I'm not hating on you if you do Botox. That's cool. But uh, I heard one comedian say about that. Would you rather look like a 50-year-old or look like a 25-year-old lizard? So, depends, you know, if, if you want to do that, you do you. But our happiness is internal. It is not external. It's in, in inner renewal. If you are a Christian, you are saved by grace once and for all called salvation. But for the rest of your life, you are in a process of inner renewal called sanctification. This is what Dallas Willard says is the process of forming our inner being to become the inner being of Christ. That's what inner renewal is. It's not going to church. It's not modifying behavior. It's not putting on religious display. When Paul says our inner self is being renewed, he means the process of matching the depths of our soul to be like the inner being of Jesus himself. There is a Israelite people in the book of the Bible um, that traveled away from Egypt, showed up in the promised land, and God gave them a promised land. But what happened then? It still had to be conquered over time. The promised land was given in an instant, but still needed to be conquered by careful, persistent, and intelligent human thought and design and action over a long period of time. That's human inner renewal. And that's what Paul's talking about here, inner renewal. There's a lot of ways we can do this. There's prayer. There's meeting as a church family. Uh, I just want to highlight one for this sermon. It's Bible reading. And real quick, is anyone cold? Anyone? Raise your hand. No? No? Okay. I'm always cold, so um, maybe someone like uh, one of my core team members, half that door can be closed. would be great. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, Jess and I, we always have arguments. I'm not about arguments like she's like always fine, I'm always cold. So somehow it works out somehow by the grace of God. I just got a heated blanket and saved my life, by the way. The Bible itself is a collection of 66 books written in a period of 1,500 years by 40 authors containing numerous literary styles from narrative to dialogue, proverbs and parables, song and allegory, history and prophecy. So this, this talk today is not answering the question why you should trust the Bible. That's a separate topic. For a scientific and historical treatment of why you should trust the Bible, I would recommend Greg Gilbert's Why Trust the Bible. It's a book that I would recommend you to read to talk about the historical validity of the Bible itself. Greg Gilbert, Why Trust the Bible. 
In it, he argues that by approaching the Gospels as a historical document and putting them through rigorous critical examination, we can arrive at a historical confidence in their reliability even without presupposing presupposing them to the word of God. So reading the Bible is the most fundamental and impactful means of grace for inner renewal. Other books won't do. Small group discussion won't do. Talking to other Christians won't do. TED Talks and podcasts won't do. Church attendance and sermon listening won't do. Only personal, thorough, systematic reading of the Bible is the most fundamental and the most impactful way of shaping our inner being so it becomes shaped into the inner being of Christ himself. The Bible gives nourishment. John 6.63 says this, it says that it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is a spirit who gives life. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. The Bible gives life to your soul. It is infinitely more nourishing than your Instagram feed, YouTube channel, and Netflix account. The Bible is more nourishing than a dinner at a Michelin-starred restaurant with your best friends. But the Bible also gives counsel and direction. In Hebrews 4, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner, everyone say discerner, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible is a course corrector. I need some discernment in my life, how to love my wife and raise my kids. I need wisdom on how to meet deadlines in a hostile work environment. I need wisdom and godly direction in my romantic and sexual life. The drift of the human soul is always towards self-reliance. And I need biblical wisdom to help me through life. And the way I have my inner being shaped to the inner being of Christ himself is through the Bible. Taylor Parker says that the word of God so easily becomes a catchphrase of weak and uncertain meaning that we have to remind ourselves that this is a different this is something that the reformers had enormous significance, fresh, living, explosive. The word of God meant that the word of God that the word himself speaks. It was the word of God that created the universe. It was the word of God when he spoke, it called, it came into being. The word became man. And in his words, Jesus brought Lazarus again from the dead. His words have been spoken through the Bible. And he still speaks to us today through the Bible, through his word. Reading the Bible, family, is not reading an ancient manuscript of dead Middle Eastern people. It is hearing the very mouth of God speak to you. Inner renewal cannot happen without vigorous, systematic, regular reading of the Bible. And we have to read it, read it with regularity. Verse 16, and Paul says, So we do not lose heart, though outer Outwardly, your knees are given, backs given way, our inner self is being renewed day by day. 
day by day. So we are being renewed innerly, but we're renewed day by day. Growth happens. This is a cool quote that I like. Growth happens when you do small things well over a prolonged period of time. I think a lot of us, we want a big showy God. We want God to answer our big questions. Right on the wall, how to, what to do with my life, or show that you exist, and give me a fireworks show. I don't think that's how God works. Oftentimes, sometimes he does that. But I think oftentimes what God does is he speaks through the ordinary, daily, regular communion with him through the reading of his word. Let me ask you a question. What happens if you go to the gym for five hours one time? I saw Hayes and Shannon at the gym yesterday. Y'all were working hard, breaking a sweat. What happens if you just go that one time for five hours? You're going to feel the next morning. (laughs) And what if you didn't go the rest of 2020? What would happen? Nothing. If you just go one time for five hours, nothing. It's like, you know, I'll eat a salad, and then, like, right away I'll weigh myself. (laughs) Man. Too many croutons in that salad. But what happens if you exercise every day for 20 minutes? Your life can change. Daily inner renewal means you are daily interacting with God. Daily positioning yourself in front of a place where you can hear from God himself. Not, not, not listening to a pastor on, with a microphone. You're not spiritually dependent on one person. Like, you know, all of American consumption and church culture now, you know, you don't wait for church to hear a sermon to nourish your spirit on a Sunday. You you don't need to wait for Sunday. You can open your Bible up on a Monday, on a Tuesday. And the reason why we as an American culture are so enamored with pyrotechnic preaching is because as a nation, we've become so biblically illiterate and starved. So as soon as someone gets on stage and says something about the Bible, you're like, oh, that was great for my soul. I needed that word. I, I resonate with that. Well, you, you could have just opened up the Bible yourself and just read it on a Wednesday. That could have been you literally with the Bible on a Tuesday. Sunday gathering is not supposed to be the pinnacle of our Christian walk. Sunday gathering is supposed to be a catalyst to it. It's not supposed to be the highlight of our Christian walk where we say, Sundays we meet with God, we meet with people. Yes, it's good that we corporately gather, but Sunday is supposed to be a catalyst to the pinnacles in our life of a Wednesday and a Thursday when we see God working in our workplace, when we bring God's word to light in our family, in our home, around the kitchen table. Why daily? John Piper says, God saves us through a thousand battles, a thousand renewals, so that we never, never forget that we are weak and he is our strength. He is our strength, our living water, our food, our gas, our medicine. You might think, I don't have time every day. I'm busy. I'm a busy person. This is an interesting stat. There's 600 hours spent on social media on average by the American person. 600 hours and 1624, 1600 hours spent on average annually by somebody who uh, watched TV. Now, let me ask you a question. If you had to guess, how many hours 
does it take to read through the Bible in one year? 90 days. How many hours do you have to break it down? 500? It takes 70 hours to read through the Bible, cover to cover. 70 hours. Uh, meanwhile, we're spending 600 hours checking what someone's eating for dinner the other night. Right? I am, at least. <laughs> Inner daily renewal means daily you're immersing yourself in Scripture immersing yourself with the word of God so that your inner being can be shaped into the inner being of Christ himself. Verse 17 says, for this light momentary affliction, uh, I'll read from 16, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Verse 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Paul's list of affliction is insane. He's gone through beating, imprisonment, riots, sleepless nights, and hunger. When Paul says affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, it means that his suffering is not in vain. It means his suffering is not meaningless. And the same is true for us. Affliction did something in his life. It prepared for him a weight of glory. And it does the same for us. Affliction and pain. Every moment of your affliction prepares you for something great. It is heartburn, fever with body aches, miscommunicated work email, family disappointment. If you respond with inner renewal, if you respond... Pause to pray before writing that anger email back. If you consult in the Bible with a health scare or remember Jesus' forgiveness when you are wronged, affliction is bringing about something glorious in you. It's bringing you to more enjoyment of God's glory for yourself. In this way, not a single moment of suffering is wasted. All affliction, all pain is preparing a weight of glory in you and for your enjoyment of God for all of eternity. This is what Paul means when he says all this affliction is preparing for us. And then in verse 18, he says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You see this microphone? Everything you see is temporary. He's saying everything you can see is temporary, but the things that are unseen, the things that you cannot see are eternal. Uh, I, I do speaking from time to time out and about, so I was in a hotel room, um, and before I got to my hotel, I wanted to get some stuff for my room, so I stopped by a Walmart, and I picked up, um, you know, real talk, the towels at the hotels, no, not that great. So I picked up some nicer ones, you know, some ones that have a, just a better, more comfy, softy feel, you know. So I picked some, threw that in the cart, uh, put some more food in my cart. And then I personally like the top, like, thread count. I don't know if anyone, like, cares about that, but, like, I really enjoy, like, just 
like a nice plush, like whatever Egyptian linen cotton thing is out there. So I'll throw that in the cart too. Uh, you know, when I, was at, when I was there, also I was about to check up, but I saw a TV. I was like, you know what? This thing's on sale. <laughs> so I put that in the cart. It was uh, you know, a 45-inch TV, beautiful thing. I put it in the cart. And then I, uh, I, I saw like a, a whole HVAC system, uh, heating, cooling, air conditioning. It was on sale, you know, Asian and cheap, so I'm going to have to pick that up. So I, I brought her to the checkout line, and she was like, okay, like, you know, what's it all for? I'm like, well, I'm staying in a hotel and for a couple nights. And you, know, y- you listen to that, and you're like, that's crazy. Why would you spend so much time investing in something so temporary? You're only going to stay in your hotel for a couple nights, and then you're leaving. Why are you spending all your time? Why are you spending all your money? Why are you spending all your resources and something so temporary. And I think we do the same thing with this life. And when Paul says the things are visible or temporary, that means this body's going to waste away. I'm, never, I'm not going to be this good looking forever. <laughs> but we have something unseen that is eternal. Our spirit, our soul. Why are we spending so much time and money, so much of our life and heart and anxiety, so much of our worry and our mind and our resource on something that is going to be so short, something that's going to be just a, just a, a breath of air and then we're gone? If you only have a vision for your diet this year, if you only have a vision for a health plan or a gym plan, your vision's too small. If you only have a vision for your education, career, your finances, or your retirement, your vision's too small. If you have a vision only for your romance, family, and kids, your vision's too small. We need, family, a vision of our life that's eternal because we will live forever, either in hell or in heaven. So we need something bigger than romance or kids or international travel plans, which are all great. But we need something bigger than career goals of 2020. And the only thing bigger than the daily, the only thing bigger than that is the daily unseen inner renewal of your soul. You catch that? The only thing bigger than a five-year plan of your life, than a 10-year plan of your life, of a retirement plan or plans for your kids is a plan for your soul. It's the inner, unseen, eternal. That is what will shape your inward being to the inward Christ, and namely, that's through the living Word of God. That's why the vision of Restore 22, our church, our startup church here, the vision isn't to be a good person or to help the city, or to be a um, a good presence. Our vision ultimately is to love God with our heart, soul, and mind. Matthew 22. Because we believe once you have that vertical relationship, then all horizontal relationship will be a natural consequence. You naturally will want to help the city. You naturally want to love your neighbors, advocate for justice. You naturally want to help and be a part of racial reconciliation. You naturally want to be a part of these things that our city is battling with. I'll close with this story. President Lincoln announced 
that the Emancipation Proclamation, which granted freedom to slaves in Confederate states, he announced it. You guys know what year? I'm just curious if anyone knows. There we go. 18, uh, New Year's Day. My, my records here say 1863. Uh, the word did not reach the African-American slaves of Galveston, Texas, until June 19th, 1865. The highest authority of the land had said they were free. But they lived two and a half years unnecessarily as slaves. And family, I think sometimes in our lives, we feel and we are experiencing the same thing. The highest authority in the universe has freed you and I through the sacrifice of Jesus. That's called salvation. Yet some of us are still enslaved to fear. We're still enslaved to anxiety. We're still enslaved to depression without realizing we are free. With daily, unseen, inner renewal, we are giving nourishment, we're given life, we're given counsel, we're given discernment, we're given freedom. We're free of fear of sharing our faith. We're free from anxiety over our future and our finances. We are free from depression, from our past traumas. We are free of addiction to destructive behaviors. Growth happens when you do small things well over a prolonged period of time. So for this year, 2020, I ask us, is there something small that you can commit to over the course of this year? Could it be something that will affect all of eternity, the daily, inward, unseen renewal of your soul? Healing happens when you do small things well over a prolonged period of time. Joy happens when you do small things well over a prolonged period of time. Purpose happens. Freedom happens when you do small things well over a prolonged period of time. I had a work situation where I was coming under a lot of accusation from a single person, and there was a lot of misunderstanding. I had no track record of this. I have no track record of what this accusation was accusing me of. And I wanted to fight fire with fire. I wanted to respond with every angry email I got. I wanted to throw back the fireballs right back out. Okay, you want to say that? Well, this is in my defense, and this is what you, and just put the blame back on, put the blame back on fire with fire. And I would come home and open my Bible every day. And God, he'd give me counsel. My journal, I would write, I would write scripture in my journal. This is my journal from uh, the time. And I would just open the Bible and say, God, I need your counsel. And I would just recite and write down verses like Isaiah 5. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a sheep silent before its shears, like a lamb led to the slaughter, he did not open his mouth. First Peter, reviled, he did not revile in return. Offended, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. First Peter, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, so that the, at the proper time he may exalt you, 
casting your anxieties on him for he cares for you. This is a word for someone in here right now. First Peter, after you have suffered a little while, God of all glory himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And every day, as much as my flesh and my heart wanted to fight fire with fire and be angry and resentful and bitter, through reading of Scripture, my inner being slowly was able to find truth and healing. My inner being, although wanting to hold on to a grudge, wanting to continue to play this game, he said, she said, I said, I forgive you. I love you. Through Scripture, through, through regular daily focus on the unseen. It gave me freedom from bitterness, freedom from anxiety, freedom from resentment. So we do not lose hearts. You can say here, Peter. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They're temporary. It's a hotel room stay for a night and a half. Depends on when you check out. But the things that are unseen are eternal. This daily inner renewal is impossible to live. So we begin with faith in the one who lived it perfectly, Jesus. He lived a perfect life and he died a life, he died for a life that we lived. He took the sins on the world for himself in our place, took our punishment and he gives us freedom. He gives us righteousness so that we don't have to worry and shame ourselves into a lifestyle and, uh, and modifying our behavior for some religiosity, but so we can believe. We start with faith in Jesus who lived the perfect life. And from that faith in him, we can begin to take steps towards him in daily inner renewal because of what he did on the cross for us. We can begin again not because our chances of succeeding are new every year, but because the mercies of God are new every morning. That could have used an amen. I like that one. Family, a new year doesn't save you, but the gospel does. Jesus does. And you can begin again, even though your back and your knees are going out, inwardly, God's grace is going in. Lord, I pray your grace right now would inwardly renew us. That as we sing this song in response to you, Father, that you and your Holy Spirit would do your work of inner renewal. That you would heal broken hearts. That you would mend our wounds. That you would call forth those that are slumbering into an active life of partnering with your Holy Spirit and restoring the city. Lord, I pray your presence would be here and that we wouldn't be modifying our behaviors to be good people, 
but your Holy Spirit will be shaping and forming the inward movements of our hearts to be like the inner being of Christ himself. So Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would bring freedom to those that need freedom. Freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear, freedom from depression, freedom from shame, freedom from judgment. Your Holy Spirit would do an inner work that is unseen, that is eternal, for your glory and for your fame. 